feedback and impact. I need that. But I think it's inevitable. They don't want button to press it. Whatever the pull to give it a snap, though. And if I pay attention, I'm probably making it bigger. But you've been taking your dicks on a fucking back, ho. Get it on the break any minute. Got me thinking of finishing everything with a seed of minutes and reaping the benefits. I'm a sick of the villain as I'm thinking and thinking about an evil intent of another beat. I'm a killer again. Cause even if I got it in a beating, a pill again, even ketamine, I'm at the better with a mini, then it better be at least 70 or 300 milligram. And I might as well, cause I'm gonna end up being a villain again. Little to the shit, I got an elevator. You can never say to me, I'm not a fucking record breaker. I sound like a broken record every time I break a record. Nobody could ever take away the legacy I made. I never cared. A motherfucker never got a right to be this way. I got spikes inside my DNA. But I roll till the wheels fall off. I'm working tirelessly. Hey, how you going? Um, <clears throat> welcome to Average Man Podcast, episode 12, Lucky You. Um, so welcome to all the average men and women out there listening. This is the first solo podcast in about three weeks. I had a couple of interviews the last um, two in, in podca- podcast episode 10 and 11 with Captured by Carlos, the local photographer, and then with the lads from Hands Like Houses last week. So pretty excited to just jump back in here and talk shit. Uh, solo for an hour or so. So I'll do some shout outs first. Uh, we got a shout out to PCC Audio Visual, the um, audio visual specialists here in the Pilbara. Get hold of those dudes, um, Brad, uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, also, shout out to uh, Two Way Hire Services. So, they're a two way communications company, Perth based company, but more than happy to help you out up here in the Pilbara. Um, you get hold of Ross on um, Instagram or Facebook also, and uh, yeah, him and the team will, will sort you out if you've got any communication, two way communication needs that you guys need filled. So, also a shout out to my boys Luke and Zam from Shafted Spearfishing. Uh, these dudes have a, an awesome Facebook page, an awesome Instagram page, a bunch of YouTube videos. Uh, they've got drone videos, they've got GoPro videos, good photos. Um, they've got some really good content on, on all their platforms there and some merch you can get through the links and their bios and things like that. So, jump on and like those dudes, share them, check them out, support the local companies. Also, a uh, shout out to Carlos Kalsey from Captured by Carlos, the, the uh, local photographer who we had on here a couple of weeks ago. So he's an average man podcast alumni and just a top dude, man, really inspirational. We had him on here chatting about what inspires him, some of the trips he's been on recently, um, some of the how, how he got started and, and just sort of what, what he likes to do with his photos and what he's trying to achieve with the, telling the story behind them. So if you did miss that one, that was captured by Carlos, episode 10, a couple of weeks ago. Jump on and find that one and download it. That was a really good little chat we had. Shout out to all those people. Yeah, get there, um, support them, share them, like them. Um, get behind all your, your local dudes. And they they're all got quality content too. That's why I'm doing my bit to support them from this end. So um, today is September the 2nd. It's Father's Day. Sunday, it's, it's, uh, it's a Sunday the 2nd, so that's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there listening. Uh, like myself, uh, I hope you guys got to sleep in, I hope you got breakfast in bed and a coffee brought to you, I hope you're doing whatever the hell it is you want to do with your family today mate, if it's you know going down the beach, throwing a line in or just cruising around home, tidying up, mowing your lawn, watching the footy or the rugby or whatever your cup of tea is man, I hope everybody listening has a, has a good day, your dads deserve it man, we fucking oath we deserve it mums deserve everything all, all the you know the, the props that they get too and probably more than they get but today's about dads and we deserve a, a bit of a shout out man so happy father's day to everybody listening especially my dad love you dad <coughs> excuse me uh we kicked off this morning with 
Um, hectic start as it normally is in the Robinson household on household on a weekend. Kids were up pretty early. I think Em's got up and gave Shady the iPad at like five o'clock or something, five maybe five thirty, and that kept him busy for half an hour, forty minutes, and then I woke up to my daughter's beautiful little face standing over me in the bed at about six o'clock, which is actually a sleep in for us in our household. So I was pretty happy with that. But her gorgeous little face standing over me smiling, so that was a nice thing to wake up to, and then got pretty hectic. <laughs> Um, after that, <clears throat> sorry, it's a little tickle in my chest. Yeah, it got pretty hectic after that, and Ems, Ems made me some uh, breakfast and coffee while I watched a bit of the Storm game, which I'm yet to finish. Uh, Storm are up, so that's a good start as well. Now we went for a family bike ride, which probably sounds more relaxed, and um, yeah, it sort of sounds a little bit, a little bit smoother than things actually went because. The bike ride consisted of like 20 minutes prep to get everybody ready to get out of the house. We had me and and Heidi, Heidi in the little trailer on the back of my bike, uh, Em's on her bike, and then Shady on his little uh, Bumblebee Transformer bike with his training wheels, which we're trying to get off, but he's not ready for, for that transition yet. We had him on that bike. I wanted to just throw him in the trailer so we could go for a decent ride, but he was adamant he wanted to take his bike, so... We got that happening, and then he was stop, start, swerving around, losing concentration, and, and took us ages to get like about a kilometre down the road where he declared, I don't want to ride my bike anymore, Dad, I want to go home. I was like, I kind of knew this was happening, so we um, rode past someone's house, who we, a lady Ems worked with, and just stashed the bike in the front yard there, threw him in the in the back trailer with Heidi, and, and proceeded to push on up to, to Dome, and get everyone a coffee, and... Um, we got nice coffee. The kids got a little ice cream, uh, little uh, milkshake thing, each, and went crazy once the sugar hit them. And then threw everyone back in the trailer and rode home. Picked Shady's bike up on the way back, and, and then he <laughs> he sort of rode half the way back from picking his bike up. And I think he had a little stack and a tantrum. And, and me and Heidi pushed on ahead because she was screaming her lungs out. I got home. And dropped her off and noticed that Ems and Shade were nowhere to be seen. So we jumped in the car, drove back, picked them up, maybe half a K down the road. Getting some serious daggers from, from Ems as she was like riding with Shade's bike propped up on the handlebars of her bike. And yeah, Shade, she was walking the bike like that and Shady was sitting up on her seat. So she was having a bit of trouble with him, getting him to fall in line. And I got the yeah I got the death stare when I, I got there and picked them up and threw Shady in the car and his bike in the back and everything. But we made it. We made it. We got out and it was awesome, a uh, really beautiful morning that the, the, the wind hadn't kicked up or anything yet. So along the coast, checking out the water, getting some fresh air. Got me out of my bad mood and yeah, it was a good good idea to, to get out anyway, get some fresh air, man, even if it didn't really work out. I could have just said we went for a family bike ride this morning along the coast and it was beautiful and left it at that, but hey man, I'm all about telling the truth. <laughs> These things don't always work out how you, uh, you imagine them in your, in your mind. So I've I did a tip run with the kids to give Ems a little bit of time at home, and now I've popped out to do my podcast. I'm up at the lookout again um, with the new mic I've got, which has been serving me really well lately. This new mic on the iPad um, it keeps me mobile. I can do it and get decent sound quality sort of wherever I am. I'm up here doing this, going to pump out a quick quick session, go back, and then hang around the house, the Savo, mow my lawn, tidy up the leaves and, and some shit like that. Ems will pot around, do some gardening, and hopefully the kids entertain themselves for a little bit and then we're going out for um dinner at the yachty the this evening with another family 
Jezza and Jess, and then I think um, another mate, Sammy, and his Mrs. Hannah are going to pop down. So that should be nice. Hope this wind drops right off, man. We get a nice evening on the on the waterfront there. A few beers. Uh, there's like a set menu at the Yachty tonight, the Yacht Club. So that should be good, man. Hopefully we can round the the day and the weekend off nicely down there with a few beers, catch up with some friends, and let the kids run amok at the playground. Playground there. That's that's the plan for the Savo. Uh, what else have I been doing this weekend? I've I had to clean out my my sea container, so I've got this sea container we bought when we got when we first got back to town, um, on the on the property, and I've been using it as my shed because we had this tiny little asbestos shed that takes water like nobody's business, and didn't want to put all our camping and gear in there and all my you know my extra work shit and all the gardening and and. Yeah, just the stuff that you put in a shed. I didn't want to put that all in there and just have it basically properly, you know, exposed to the elements, getting wet and and shit like that. So I bought this sea container, put it neatly on the block. I've been using that as a shed in the hospital because we've got hospital housing through M's. That they've kicked up a fit about it. Someone sent them an email saying that we've got a sea container on the property. They're not happy about it. This has sort of been going on for a few months, and then we got the got the email or well, M's got the email last week saying if it's not gone basically by the end of the week we're going to get kicked out which sort of came out of nowhere so I've been scrambling around this week cleaning it out getting rid of the shells putting them in the shitty little shed on the property that doesn't that's not watertight broken up busted up asbestos all over it and um, trying to get rid of it on online so I haven't had any I've had little nibbles but no decent bites on it yet so it looks like it's going to get put on a truck and taken to the to the yard where I work, Pilbara Construction's yard, and sit there until I can get rid of it, which sucks. It's going to cost me 150 bucks to move it from point A to point B. But yeah, that's that's what I've been doing this weekend. I just finished that off yesterday, clearing it all out, giving it a sweep up, taking some photos, chucked it online. So hopefully, I'm really hoping I can get rid of that sooner rather than later. Be a couple of grand in the back pocket anyway. Um, well, what? What else did we do? We, we, me and Em's last night. Um, once we got the kids down, at a wine. We've only been only been drinking on the weekends lately, so it's nice to, to sort of kick back and have a wine or a beer or a wine together in the evening and feel like you've earned it a little bit more. Had a wine and started watching the Ozarks season two last night. So that was, uh, I think we were watching that earlier in the year or, or late last year, perhaps. Which is an awesome little show. It's kind of got a bit of a Breaking Bad feel to it, where um. Uh, what's the actor's name? Jason Bateman. It's Jason Bateman, and he's like a financial advisor who were they were laundering money for a drug cartel and through the business. And um, his partner double crossed the. This is all in the first episode of season one, by the way, so it's no spoilers. His partner double crossed this cartel and was skimming money off the off the top, and uh, they found out, blew his head off, and Jason Bateman's character got him talked himself into a situation where he's been moved to this little hillbilly town. Um, and he's got to um, launder like $500 million for this cartel in, in five years or three years or something like that through a bunch of different businesses which he's setting up in town and he's running, he's sort of treading on the toes of the local uh, hillbillies who are running heroin through the town and shit like that and all these little um, different little uh, political plays uh, are sort of at, at, are at play in this town and they're, they're getting entwined in this web you know what small towns can be like very uh, everything's intertwined 
and they're kind of getting wrapped right into the, the heart and soul of this little place while trying to launder money for this cartel. Really good show, man. So season two just started. I think it just started on, came out on Friday night. So we just started watching that and then jumped online and ordered our um, Akuba hats. So we're getting each other an Akuba hat for our birthdays, which are both this month. We've wanted one. We've wanted them for ages. Been looking, but sort of tried them on a couple of different hats at different places when we've been out and about, and, and then realised that, well, someone told Ems that the the Emporium down here has a whole bunch of them. So we cruised down there yesterday. Kids trashed the joint while we tried on um, a few different hats to get the sizing right and, and see what style we wanted, and we both chose the style we want. And I was a little bit disappointed because the style that suited my little skinny head, like I got these these dreads that make my head big but really I got this pinhead <laughs> and so I got this skinny little face and then these ha all the hats were looking too big on my head man all the cool hats look too big on my head I ended up choosing the traveler which is a smaller brim sort of smaller style hat which isn't as characteristic as some of the or, you know it doesn't have as much character as some of the other hats but it really just suits my head better and then chose the riverina which was a pretty cool hat man I think sort of one of their classic styles so we chose the size and we weren't going to friggin buy them here in town because they're like 50 or 60 bucks more than anywhere else you get them so then we just got our styles and sizes sorted and, and, and ordered, them on, ordered them online for each other last night so that's cool that should rock up in a week or two We'll be rocking our Cobras, looking all corny and shit for the first couple of months till we get a bit of dirt and sweat on them and they start looking like they belong on our heads, start telling their own little story, which is what I love about Cobras, those kind of hats, man. You, you, you let them, I mean, Ems, Ems will keep hers a bit cleaner because it's a light colour and she's a female, but you kind of want them to get a bit of character, a, bit, a few dirt marks here and there and kind of take their own shape to your head and... And, and reflect the places you've been with them, you know, and, and, and they start to tell their own story, you know, like, kind of like a leather jacket. I've got a cool leather jacket I've had for about six or seven years now, maybe more, might be might be longer. And, and you, you you wear those jackets, you, don't, you wash them very minimally, you take them out to all different places, you know, they, they get some little scratches and scars and rips and stains and all sorts of thing on, things on them, and they, over a lifetime, like my jacket, as long as I don't put on 20 kilos, that thing should fit me when I'm, you know, 50, and um, should... You know, should tell a story, you know, and, and you can look at certain parts of the jacket and go, what happened there, man? And you, and you, oh, well, well, this is what happened. It's actually a literal story attached to them. And same with those hats, man. They kind of they they have a, their own little personality and their own story attached to them. So that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to getting one and, and um, yeah, getting it dirty, getting it out bush as well. Um, what a, what, I got to do a little bit of a recap of the last week or so. We had Northwest Festival uh, last last Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, and um, I did the interview obviously with the boys from Hands Like Houses uh, on the Saturday, so I had Coops, the lead guitarist, uh, I had Alex, the rhythm guitarist and backing vocals, and we had um, Matt, yeah, Matt, I think it was Matt, who was the... Um, the bass guitarist and backing vocals as well. We had them. They and and what happened with the with that interview was, I've been talking to those guys. I actually got in contact with them, as a lot of people who listen to this podcast from the beginning know. I got in contact with them after I'd done one podcast. I saw that Northwest Fest was coming to town. The artists had been booked, and I shot a few of them. Bliss Nesso included, who never got back to me, but that's cool. Um, shot them, uh, shot them a, like an email or a, a Facebook message, like on on Messenger. And just said, you know, I've got a podcast. I'd be interested in talking to you guys when you come to town for the Northwest Fest. Hit me back if you if you're interested. And Coops, who sort of seems to be the one that 
runs most of the communication on their social media and stuff for the band, got back to me and said, hey, man, I think this is something that we'd be interested in. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I mean, fuck, I, I was nervous. I, I've got a, I had no experience and it gave me something to, something to work towards, which I've spoke about a little bit as well, having a bit of pressure behind me, something to work towards, something to motivate, make me, motivate me. So that was cool. But it kind of didn't seem like it was really going to happen. I just used it as, well, let's just act like it is happening and then we'll see what goes down closer to the date. I started getting in contact with them a couple of weeks out and Coops was like, yeah, man, I think this is cool. Uh, We'll let you know about scheduling closer to the day. And then ended up getting in contact with him on the Thursday night. He said, yeah, man, a couple of, we're definitely keen. Uh, We fly in on the Friday night. Uh, Give us a call and and we'll organise a time. So... I gave him a call after training. Went to, to I started doing training Muay Thai down here at Northwest Muay Thai um, on a Friday night, which is like two minutes from my house. It's awesome. Uh, after training, I, I wanted to go to training first so I could blow out some energy and calm my nerves a bit. It worked well. I blew out the steam, got one, you know, calm myself down, and then give him a call. Gave him a call uh, after training on Friday night and just said, "Hey, man, what's going on? What are you doing? What are your plans? What are your movements? Are you guys keen?" He said, yeah, man, we should be keen. Uh, tomorrow, what do you, how do you want to do it? And I said, well, uh, we can use the studio, Brad's studio, PCC studio in, in Wedgefield, but there's no one around to give us a hand. Like, we can't use the, the the engineer, so I won't be able to use any of their equipment or anything like that anyway, as they're caught up setting up for and doing sound testing and everything for the Northwest Fest, which is obviously huge. And I kind of knew that going in, so I thought, well... Instead of going out and hiring the space and being in a, a, a space where I'm not, I don't, I'm not at home. I'm not, not comfortable, and I have to go there and set it up and try and make it work. And then they're not comfortable either. And instead of going to them at the hotel, they're at the Esplanade. I know the rooms probably aren't that large. And if we went somewhere a lot public, I'd be worried about people interrupting us and too much background noise. So I thought, just come around mine. We'll sit um, outside, so it's not weird. You know, a bunch of dudes you don't know sitting in your living room could feel a little awkward. Pictures of my family and shit everywhere and little kids' tables and probably food smeared on my couch and shit. So I thought, we'll sit out the front and it'll be relaxed and we'll do it like that. And he was down for that idea. And then uh, we, were play- we were aiming for like, I think about uh, 12.31, something like that. And I was going to, because I take Shady to Taekwondo on Saturday mornings and Shady and, and Heidi comes down with me. And we get back from there about 10.30 or something. I thought I'd get a couple of hours to get ready. I had to find a new way to set up like the microphone. I had, you know, I wasn't sure how many people were coming, but I had planned for up to up to five people to be sitting around this little microphone, which is a sort of a two-way directional microphone. Um, and how to set it up, the best setup for to get everybody at a sort of even distance from the microphone. I've been going back and forth with Eli, my me best mate Eli, who's you know into the sound engineering side of things, about the best way to, to achieve that. And I wanted to get home and, and I borrowed a mic stand off Kirk from work, and I wanted to get home and set up the area and test, it, test out the vocals from a few different spots and tweak it and play with it and, and see... Um, what the best setup was going to be, what I was confident with, and then I wanted to rewrite my notes. So what I do for these podcasts is I, I just jot down notes throughout the week. Um, maybe Friday night I might put them in a bit of a um, an order on the page, and then just before I start the podcast, I like to rewrite them on a different in a different book. So I've got just the one notebook, pod, podcast notes written as short and clear as I can get them, and it refreshes everything in my mind so that I can kind of not use them. I don't really don't want to use the notes. I just want to have them there to, as a backup in case I get stuck. So if I rewrite them right before I start recording, 
the idea is that they're fresher in my mind, so I was going to rewrite my notes, my questions, and everything out as well for this interview. And then at like 11, I got a message from Coops saying, uh, "Hey, dude, we've got sound testing. Uh, we've got well, we've got to be down at the the grounds." He said, "At one o'clock to do some shit. Can we do the? Any chance we can pump this thing out now?" And I was like, "Shit." Uh, I think it was about 11.30 by the time I saw this message and I was like, shit, uh, I don't want to miss the opportunity. I don't want to do it uh, later in the afternoon when I, you know, time's starting to get away from me. I'm nervous. I'll be thinking about it the whole time. I said, yeah, man, let's do it. Went into Ems and said, Ems, you know, the kid's got to go. I've got to kick you out. Uh, these dudes want to come around and do this podcast like now. She's like, shit, okay. She, you know, Fumbled around, got the kids ready, which is never an easy task. They always want to do the exact opposite to what you want them to do, especially when you're in a rush. Fumbled around, got them in the car. They cruised out the door. I went and set the microphone up, tested it quickly. Um, got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. Now I need to go inside and rewrite my notes. Um, I was waiting for them to li- literally to rock up. He'd, he'd asked me for my address. I sent that through, and I was waiting for them literally, literally to rock up at any moment. And I was like, "Shit, man, well, I need to get these notes written out because the 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 pre notes I had were barely legible, man. I, I wrote them on Friday night, sort of like quick hand. They were really messy. I didn't want to rely on them, and they weren't in the right order or anything like that. So I thought, "Shit, I need to rewrite these notes at least, or I'm not going to have anything to say. It's going to get awkward." I'm trying to write them. I'm sweating. My heart was pounding and shit. And I'm thinking, "Man, you're working yourself up here." So I went and cracked a beer and threw a beer back quickly, which helped to calm me down a bit. Sort of got through the notes to a point I was happy with, and then just calmed down, focused on my breathing. Looked at my phone and realized I hadn't sent them the address. I sent it to Eli, because I'd been messaging him back and forth as well. So I thought, great, they've been sitting in the car somewhere. They said they were at the beach or something for like half an hour waiting for me to send the address through. So I sent that through. They were over in the next five minutes, and we kind of... When 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 it's straight at it on short notice like that, which again is probably the best way for me, it, it gets me moving, it gets me motivated and everything. And um, I'd calmed down by the time they got there. I had a couple of beers, chilled myself out. They cruised in. Um, there was a bit of dogs' noises in the background, dogs barking and whining because they were kind of locked in the, their little separate little area right next to where we were. But uh, the background noise is sort of all part of it. It was an interview outside, so you expect that kind of shit. And. Um, I think it went really well. Everyone was comfortable. I felt comfortable. They were comfortable. Um, I could have gone for longer than half an hour, but I had to wrap it up and get them out of there for their sound check. And um, yeah, man, it was really cool. You obviously can go online and check that one out, which last last week's interview. I was stoked with the outcome, and the dudes were all really cruisy, man. So I was happy with the sound quality as well. It was good enough. Um, and then after that, um, they kind of said, look, you got my number now, give us a call when you get down to the grounds, you know, we don't know anyone else in town, so we'll just catch up and have a drink before the show, or, or, or during the during the show, or the festival, or whatever, I was like, yeah, okay, sweet, too easy, did my thing, had our pre-drinks, walked down there, uh, shot him a text when I landed, said, hey man, I'm here, just let us know if you want to catch up for a beer, well, they shot back straight away, yeah, come meet us at the side gate, and um, we'll, we'll bring you out backstage, and I was like, in the middle of watching Abby May, I said, oh, I'm just kind of watching watching Abby May at the moment, and there's no one here. Um, I'm really like we're front row, just sort of got the whole green to ourselves. I'm digging it. I said I'll, I'll shoot you a text after, and he kind of goes, "Well, our set's directly after, so get hold of us after our set." So that was like sweet. Okay, cool. That works out perfect. Watched Abby May, had a drink, 
watched Hands Like Houses, got right into it, especially since I'd been speaking to them that day, had a bit more of a personal connection to the band and the music and shit, watching them go from just chilled dudes in their casual clothes, sitting back at my house, having a casual beer, chatting, to in their get-up on stage, just firing all cylinders, you know, and, and that was cool watching that transition, man, and just watching them all light up and how tight they were as a unit and everything. And then shot him a text afterwards, met him, and they took us backstage, which was cool, man. Like, um, hung out the back with them, drank their rider, <laughs> so drank their beers, which saved us a bit of coin as well. I was happy to come out and grab my own, but they were like, ah, oh, man, get into it. There's beers here in the Esky, so uh, we hung out there, drank the rider, and ended up staying backstage through the Shepherd and, and Bliss and Esso set as well. We watched Bliss and Esso from the side of stage, which... I've done now once. I'll never have to do that again because it's a shit spot to watch a band. You don't get the same vibe and the same energy, but it was kind of cool. Something something different. I'm all about taking opportunities and doing everything once. So I've done that, and um, definitely you get the better view front row or up in the bleachers so, um, at a gig like that. There was a balcony we could have hung on, which would have been a better spot, but we didn't. Um, so I did that, and then after that, by the time that they were over, I was ready to just bail out, man. I'd had too much to drink like not in the sense where I was making a fool of myself but just I, 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 I get tired man anyone that knows me lately in the last five years of my life anyways I've grown up a bit I have too much to drink man I just want to I just want to go to sleep I'm a I'm a morning person I'm not a big late night guy so it was just man I had nothing else to say to anybody I said thank you again briefly when I saw them on on the way out and just like let's get out of here man we me and them just split and walked home I came home ate some lasagna and passed straight out while em spoke to the <laughs> the babysitter and i was i was pretty pretty well cactus from from that whole thing because i mean i started drinking at 11 30 after i spoke to the guys on the phone from hands like houses and probably finished at 11 30 so a 12 hour session no matter what way you cut it is, is a pretty big session man for me especially i'm not a big session drinker so i was cactus and i'm feeling real average on the sunday and did not want to go down to the to the um to the the uh, sundowner um, with the kids and that, but me and them scraped ourselves off the couch and, and forced ourselves down there about five thirty, six o'clock at night. Watched a few bands, the kids ran around, and I was glad we went down, but I really couldn't pull it together. I seen a few people I, I know there and found it hard to, to get any conversations or anything going, so I was just cactus man. I didn't get enough sleep uh, to bed about one o'clock by the time I got to bed on the Sunday, and then up at five with the kids. And, it's just the way she goes, man. So I was a big cactus, but had a big weekend, had an awesome weekend, loved that interview. I'm so glad to have got that experience and got that in the bag now. And I'm um, really looking forward to, to what's next, man. Um, I'll, um, I'm, I am looking at a few different options for, for the next interview. I don't want to leave it too far, a few between. I want it to be a regular thing, having guests on the, on the podcast. They don't have to be band members or artists. They can be guys from local businesses. It can be just friends of mine who I think are interesting. It can be someone who's got a, an interesting job and a story to tell, whatever, man. So I, I don't really care. They can just be co-hosts. doesn't have to be an interview, you know. So I've kind of got a couple of ideas um, in the pipeline. And one of them, one of them is uh, I haven't spoken to the lads about this yet. And I actually just came up with this idea sort of on the fly very recently. But I'm thinking I'd like to get the two, uh, to get Zam and, and uh, Lukey from Shafted on here. As obviously, like their mates of mine, I support what they're doing. I, I, I'm into my spearfishing, so it's something that I'm that I'm passionate about, and I want to learn more about. And I want to just support them and give those dudes as much of a voice as I can as well. Um, and 
I think that that could be really fun getting those two on there. We have a few beers and just have a chat and uh, talk about what their vision is, what they want to do with it, um, what they, what their yeah, just have a chat about what they love about diving and and, and spear fishing and and I was even thinking that a cool way to do it would be uh, teeing everybody up where we can all go for a dive that day, shoot a few fish and then come back, you know, clean the boat, clean the fish and then maybe go back to someone's house, um, not mine because the kids are there, go, to, go back to somebody's house and then pump out a podcast afterwards so we'd still be on that, that vibe from diving together, you know, and might make for a, a few more interesting stories and I think that'd be a cool a cool approach to it. So I will get hold of the lads in the next week or two and just see what they reckon. I know Lukey's just gone back to, uh, back on um, days on for work, so he's got like 20 days straight, so... We're talking at least at least three three or four weeks away to pull something off like that, and then it depends on if we can get his time off to gel with Zam's time off, and then find finding a um, a time slot that fits all of us. But um, I think that'd be a cool way to do it. Hey, go for a dive together, come back and have a few beers, and just pump out a podcast and and see if we can find a little bit of magic. I'm all about those little couple of little magical moments. If I can get a couple of magical moments on each podcast and start trying to string more and more of those together, I think I can really build something good, man. And and I think that my favourite part of the interview with Hands Like Houses was I asked them if what their not safe for, for radio story was and they told a cool story about they uh, went to record this latest album, Anon, uh, Anon in... Um, Los, Los Angeles and they had this vision of how they were going to go there and it was just they were going to be rock stars and they were just going to do heaps of drugs and run a mark and make music and uh, that's exactly what happened and I love the way he told the story because you were thinking that it wasn't going that direction and I could see the other two boys snickering next to him and they were thinking yeah, they all knew uh, what happened and what the story was about and that was a cool little bit of magic um, and then also with uh, Carlos I think the story about how his journey, um, this photography journey for him started, going out to Fertility Rock or, or whatever name you use for it, um, going out there and he'd been through a breakup. It was the first day of the year, so it was January the 1st. He went out there on his own about 5 o'clock and, and, and hiked up the, the hill. You know, I had a, a couple of hairy moments there. He felt like he, it was a personal triumph when he got to the top and then he said he's drone up on the rock, nearly lost the drone off the back of the rock wind, when a gush of wind came and then he, he, he got that shot, which is a perler of a shot. and. It just was a, a magic moment for him and a, and a pin pivotal moment in his in his career, and I f thought that was a magic story too, man. So if I can start getting better at capturing um, those kind of stories, stop talking so much and get better at letting people tell their story, which is you know I'm just new at this. I listen back to these interviews and I and I hear a handful of things I need to stop doing, other things I need to do. Like I I, I skimmed over a bunch of details and stories that the dudes from Hands Like Houses told me that could have been interesting, could have gone in interesting ways because I was nervous and I had my little plan that I was sort of set to and we had limited time. So just things like that. i got to let the stories and the conversations go in the direction that they want to organically and, and not talk over people, I suppose. not. Yeah, just find better ways to prompt people and draw that magic out. Make it about them, not about, not about me. So a lot to learn, a lot to work on, but I'm pretty happy with things so far. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great idea for an, for the next uh, the next interview. But in the meantime, we'll just keep keep on keeping on. I'll just keep on doing what doing what I'm doing. Keep on looking at 
upcoming events and I need to find a new list of upcoming events. I kind of drained the, the barrel there, what's the ones we had um, building up. I suppose there's a couple of things coming possibly like um, uh, Oktoberfest. I think that's at the Civic Centre Gardens as well. I've only just briefly seen that one online. So I'm not sure if that's just a big blinder fest, which I won't be interested in. But if it's something that other couples are going to go along to, uh, that might be something we'll look at. I don't know. I'll, I'll find out some details about that one and, and, and get you some information on that. Um, even if it's not for me, I'll still promote it. And there's single or younger people out there who are still into that party vibe who are more than likely interested in going along to something like that. Um, but as far as, the, as far as the UFC goes, we've got... Um, yeah, sorry, that's the only thing I can think of around town at the moment. So I have to keep my eyes peeled, my ears peeled, and, and scour social media in the papers and see what else we've got coming up. But we've got the UFC, a few few uh, uh, pretty exciting events coming up leading into the last quarter of the year. Uh, the first one being Till versus Wonderboy for the welterweight title. That's going to be an awesome awesome fight, man. Darren Till's the um, scouser who's just torn his way up the welterweight ladder, just destroying like Donald Cerrone, beating out uh, Wonderboy, and he's got his, himself a shot at... at um, I said Till vs. Wonderboy, sorry. Till vs. Uh, Woodley. Till vs. Wonderboy's already been. Till vs. Woodley for the welterweight title, and that's got an interesting, interesting fight, man. Till is an absolute gorilla. Huge, huge welterweight, taking on Tyron Woodley, who's you know a long-time champ at welterweight now, and one of the, just an absolute monster, wrestling beast, knockout power, really good fight IQ. Um, so that's going to be a good, good fight, I think. I actually think Till's going to take that. I think we're going to have a new champion at the end of it. Just the kid's a savage. He's so big. He's so hungry, man. He is at that stage of life where this is all he wants. I think he's got a chin on him. I think he's got the tools. Um, I just really think that he's going to be... I think it'll go... He might knock Woodley out. I actually think it might go the distance, and I think he just has too much power pressure, movement, and, 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 and I think he kind of uh, overwhelms Woodley a little bit. I think that Woodley will have his moments in the fight because he's an absolute beast and, he, and he's very, very hard to get out of there. But I just think... Um, actually, I think one, I think Till's going to stop him in the third or the fourth. I think there's pretty even back and forth, but it slowly starts t tipping towards Till. His size, I think, and some of his power is going to be a little bit too much for Woodley as it goes on. And he's just young and hungry, and he's not going to let anything get in his way and stop him. Woodley's been out for a, for a minute now, so I just think Till takes over and, and might, maybe puts a little bit too much pressure on him, and, and we get a TKO in the third or fourth, fourth, we'll say fourth round. That's a while away yet, though. I'll break that down a bit more as we get closer. We've got Diaz versus Poria coming up, which is an awesome lightweight battle. Diaz has been inactive since his last McGregor fight, which was... There's been a grip since that that fight as well. Um, Poirier really should be fighting for the title, but McGregor's coming back, so that's just what happens. So Diaz versus Poirier, two just straight-up killers, stand-up fighters. That's going to be a, a, a good battle, I think, Diaz. Oh, it's hard to say. Diaz might knock him off. I think Diaz might... Um, might take this one with experience and just being such a badass, and Poirier's been very active, but he's fighting so many killers, he's kind of a top three fighter. I don't think he's a world champion. I love Poirier, but I think he's one of those top three, top five, top fighters where he's going to win a bunch of fights and then he's going to lose one. He'll win two or three at really high levels and then he'll lose one. He's just not that guy that's going to run through everybody and I think he's had a few really impressive wins lately. He's probably due for a loss. Diaz is a tough customer. 
he's going to want to get his name back up there to, to fight for the title as well. So I think we might see Diaz take that one by TKO. Or just put too much... No, I won't even say TKO. I'll say Diaz just outworks him, just keeps throwing combinations and punches and just sort of takes over in the in the fight and, and gets it done via volume. Uh, and then we've got McGregor versus Nurmagomedov, which is going to be the biggest UFC fight of all time. Uh, everybody just wanted to see this fight. Let's just pray to the MMA gods that nobody gets hurt and that Nurmagomedov makes weight. Uh, so I'm kind of, I guess in the back of my mind, I'm really excited but not getting... Uh, too excited about that until it's like fight week, man, or really until they step inside the cage because the crazy shit's happened lately with people dropping out last minute, last week, uh, you know, leading up to these big fights. But that's going to be the best. It's going to be the best UFC fight ever. It's going to be huge. Two completely different strike um, styles. We've got the striker versus grappler. We've got the Russian killer versus the Irish gorilla. Conor McGregor, obviously, everybody knows who he is. Coming back after the two years off since he, he won the lightweight belt, then um, forfeited it, went and fought Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match, made a good account of himself, and now he's coming back to take on the new lightweight champ, an undefeated 26-0 Russian Sambo killer, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. So fucking looking forward to that one, man. Um, what else? We've got Bali coming up in three weeks, <clears throat> and I'm getting pretty excited about that now. Hey, so this there'll be this weekend, next weekend, and then we we head off the weekend after that. So there'll be one more podcast next weekend, standard one, and then the weekend after, I guess that'll be the next uh, the next podcast with a guest because we're going to do a podcast from Paradise. Um, my brother, best mate, and you've heard me talk about him, Eli. He's going to be on that one, so that could get a little bit loose. Um, as we'll be in holiday party mode, and he's just a bit of a loose cucumber anyway. So, uh, looking forward to that one. Looking forward to doing a podcast. Looking forward to the holiday. Uh, me, Em's the kids, my best mate, and, and, and Emma's cousin Katie. She's going to be over there too. So we've got a little crew. We've all been to Bali together before, minus the kids. The four of us have been together, so it's a bit of a reunion as well. Uh, we got man, I got a bunch of little surprises and things booked over there. Ems has been a bit lazy listening to these podcasts, so I don't reckon she's going to hear this one before we go. I got some snacks, like these snack uh, platter things, teed up for for when we rock up there. So we rock up there that night. They're going to have the beer loaded up with bintangs, and I got a bunch of like three or four, uh, I think three different platters of all you know snacks, crackers, chocolate, fruit, little baguette things, all lined up when we roll up there because we get there sort of that. That evening, we can just rock up, start sinking the bintangs, and get straight into some snacks, and, and it's enough food to keep us going, so we won't have to go out that night. We can just hang around the pool, get some music cranking. Really looking forward to that. Um, I've got a cake to, or maybe some, a cupcake cat, towel thing to, to organise for Ems for her birthday when we're over there. Looking forward to that as well. Um, we've got a big lunch on the Sunday at the W, which is this like five-star hotel uh on the beach in Seminyak, it's one of those massive, massive uh, hotels, man. I think it takes like a it takes a couple of minutes from the front gate from the road to drive in through this big long road with all um, you know frangipanis and tropical trees hanging over the road. Then you get to the massive big foyer at the front and you walk down. And there's a bunch of different restaurants there, and there's about three or four huge pools that kind of all tear down towards the water, and they do this um, all you can eat. Like a like a five star buffet thing on a Sunday, you pay 
you buy a pack. So for an, an adult, it's $150 a head for a, a food and alcohol pack, which gets you champagne, cocktails, beer, wine, everything um, for the duration of your, your, you know, that you're there eating. Um, and like five-star buffet food. So it's like there's heaps of seafood prawns and oysters and, and, and like beautiful roasts and just man just just heaps of desserts just a killer killer buffet so we're looking forward to that i'm going to do that on the sunday to celebrate our actual 30th um eli and i are planning on planning on getting some some tattoos done i'm going to get the leg so leg tattoo sort of taken up to my knee so uh he and i first tattoo we ever got was um it was his idea he called it the bro tattoo we got it in Bali years ago. I got two tattoos. I got the one that I designed on my ribs, which is a heart with the music, like a script going around it, and then M's name on the heart. It's not. A, it's like a. It's an anatomically correct heart with veins and and, and muscle striations and shit all over it. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. Um, yeah, designed that one. Got my brother to redraw it for me because he's a he's a killer drawer. And then had that one done. And also before we got that done, Eli and I got a foot tattoo done, which was a, a an Eminem music quote. Um, lose yourself in the music. There's a little story behind that. Spelt lose wrong. We spelt lose with a double O, so it was loose yourself in the music. Had to get that later on. Both of us had to get that uh, sort of covered up. Not covered up. It still says lose yourself in the music, but we had to get it tweaked and covered up so that we got rid of the, the second O, which was just so embarrassing. Especially coming from somebody like me, who both my family, my parents are teachers, and I'm a big. I was always into English. English was my subject at school. I'm into you know, like I love reading. I love you know. Uh, Hip hop rhymes. I love you know poetry and 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 yeah. Just I'm, I know how things are spelt. I'm into grammar. I like grammar, <laughs> so I like it to be correct and punctuality and and punctuation and everything. And so it was so so embarrassing. That was a real low point to get my first tattoo was a misspelt tattoo on my foot. But uh, never mind. We got that shit sorted out. And um, thinking of now so it was a bro tattoo we've got the same sort of basic design we've got that that um written across our foot and then since then it's been added to as in the cover-up of the incorrect spelling and now gonna expand that it's gonna be a musical um based um tattoo coming 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 up the leg towards my knee so i'm looking forward to sort of figuring out the design i want to use for that i'll put i'll put together a bunch of different ideas myself and then get the, the tattoo artist to um Give me his take on it and, and get that done while we're over there. We've got the nanny booked. She's she's booked in and, and ready to rock. So we've got her like six days that we're there to help us out in the afternoons and evenings. We can She can help get the kids re uh, ready for, like fed and ready for, for bed. And we can go out, have a feed and a drink and come back and the kids, kidlets will be asleep. And we, are, we won't have to worry about dragging them out around the town when they're tired and, and, and they've had a big day and, and shit like that and we can just let our hair, let our hair down and, and have a bit of a drink so that's going to be cool that's going to I think make the holiday feel really more like a holiday having someone to, there to help with that sort of thing and you I mean it's a five bedroom five bathroom villa there's only four adults so she's got uh the two of us are in the same bed one bedroom so she so she's got her own bedroom her own bathroom um to, to hang out at and that'll and the kids got their own bedroom, their own bathroom, so that should be cool. <coughs> um, we got a our room opens up like opens up onto the pool, man. So we'll be able to walk straight out of our bedroom door onto the little um, the little patio area and straight into the pool, man. So I'm pretty happy and pretty stoked about that. Um, just need to figure out the locking of the doors when we get there. So I'm going to be like 
I'm going to get there and scope the joint first thing I do before I even have a beer, figure out the lock, the door, the door situation for every room and figure out how we keep everything locked up while we're kicking around so that the kids can't just wander out into the pool, man. That's going to be my... I'm going to be like the pool Nazi when we're over there because that's the most important thing as far as you know, we, want to, we want to relax and let our hair down, but business has to be taken care of first, man. So Ems and I will both be onto that, no doubt, um, making sure that when we're outside... We're outside with the kids and they've got their, their, their little life jackets on, their little puddle jumpers on. And when we're inside, doors are friggin' locked, man. There's no, like, loosey-goosey leaving doors unlocked so people can come in and out easily. It's, it's got to be... We've got to be onto that shit. So get there, sort that situation out, sit back, have a beer and a few snacks and just and kick into it, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I suppose just as before I wrap things up, uh, I've got a little bit of a music review to do here so I come into the podcast with a track called Lucky You name of the name of this week's episode as well and that track that album that that track is off came out of nowhere for me this week um young Jack a family friend to Ems to my wife and he used to work for me in Perth um shot me through a text on I think it was Friday afternoon saying hey man Eminem's just dropped a new album um check it out it's called Kamikaze so I jumped straight on to, to Spotify downloaded the album and just just got stuck into it, man. And um, me likey, me likey a lot. I mean, I like everything basically that M puts out. I, I, even if the album's not that good, I'll, I'll find some good in it. Um, but this is just pretty much straight up good album, man. So he had the uh, he had the uh, what was last uh, the album last year was called. Oh, well, sorry, I'm. I'm I'm blanking on the name of his album last year, but he put out an album last year which that had some really good tracks on it, man, you know. Um, I was into it. There's some great verses on there. But it is hard to... And everybody tends to uh, compare his new stuff to his old stuff, which is silly, really, because the man's like 45 years old now. You know, he's releasing music in his 20s and late 20s, early 30s, which is when he put out, put out all his, you know, like, quote, best music, and, you know, and he put out classic albums. He was also the first white rapper to ever make it on the scene. Uh, I mean, you had guys like um, Whitey Ford, you know, Everlast, but he was kind of rock slash rap, and he didn't really cross over into the mainstream. Like, M's blue, M Eminem blew, blew the roof off shit, man. We all know the story. We all know what happened. He, he was the first guy to, to come up... Um, as a white rapper and really make a name for himself and be taken seriously as a lyricist and obviously got signed by Dre and the rest was history man and and those albums were historical albums that was the first time anything like that was being done you can't capture lightning uh, how does the saying go you know uh, you can only capture what is, how does that saying go it's lightning in a bottle and you can't catch a lightning twice you know what I fucking mean you can only do the the, the something for the first time once, man. So he's done that. He, he, he became that man. He became that guy. He, he came into everybody's, uh, into the sphere of the, the um, public sphere and blew everybody away and shocked everybody with, with his lyrics and, and made us all laugh and cry and shocked us and told this crazy story of his life and everything that was going on. And that's been done. You can't do that again. But what he is nowadays as an older MC is m more technically sound and, and proficient than he has ever been. The, the, the verses that he's put, putting together, like Rap God, of um, the album from a, from a couple of years back, of the Marshall Mathers LP2, tracks like that, man, and there's plenty of the last album, the way he's putting these verses together now is absolutely insane. In 
insane. He rhymes entire sentences. He goes for these huge long spear, uh, you know, like verses without any break in them. He's double timing his verses. He's 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 rapping on the offbeat. He's he's breaking verses up. People just people aren't aren't listening to what's going on, or they don't appreciate it for the for the sheer lyricism of it. Which I do. I love it, man. But I, I do get their point. Yeah, it's not the same as Martin Mathers LP or the Eminem show or Slim Shady LP. You know, he's again he's he's a forty something year old man now. He's not that young, crazy kid who's just he's here blowing everybody's hair back. But what I love about this latest album, Kamikaze, is people shat all over his last record, so um journalists and people putting out bad reviews, other rappers coming after him. And he's kind of let it all bubble and boil for a little while now, and and then it's he's kind of snapped and and has said and has said enough is enough, and what it's done is it's woken that beast in him, man. He's a battle rapper from from back in the day. That's that's where he he came up. That's how he made a name for himself, blowing people off stage in battle raps, and this has really given him something something to be legitimately angry about and passionate about. Um, rather than just being angry for the sake of being angry. People are dissing him, people are disrespecting him, people are shitting on all the hard work he put into his last album. So, uh, Revival, that was the name of the last album, Revival. And, and he's got this track, this album, and, he, and he's kind of said on his Instagram page he hasn't overthunk or overthought these tracks too much, so it's just him writing these crazy lyrics, putting, putting, putting them on these dope like trap beats. And just um, shitting on all these new age mumble rappers and and um, and, and really going hard in the paint at some people that have been talking shit about him. So the passion's there, the anger's there, the 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 verses he's putting together like it's just phenomenal. And the verse, uh, the little section from that Lucky You that I played um, at the start of the the podcast is um that song's really good because it's got a, a new age sort of rapper on there joiner lucas the dude's name is who who raps that trap style like that 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 style that that drake drake is kind of at the forefront of the way they um they rap in these short sharp little sentences and they kind of uh they finish the 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 sentence on the punchline they kind of talk backwards in, in in sort of backward riddles it's a style that kanye uses and drake uses and those guys are sort of at the forefront of that style and, and uh He's obviously really good at it though. He's a rapper that Eminem obviously respects. He's got good lyrics. He's got good timing. He's got good, you know, he's actually one of the, the, the new age rappers who are doing it properly. So Em's got him on that track, which shows you the style of, of rap this day and age and what they're doing. And then Em's jumps on his, his verse at the end and, and raps in the same style, but just does it with his own twist and just completely kills it, man. Like showing these young rappers that he can do what they do better than them at a drop of a hat but yeah, he's just doing things his own way so he's got Royster59 on there who's always good to listen to him and Emma have been rapping together since the late 90s they had a fallout for a while and then got back together and they do some shit together with Slaughterhouse uh, Bad Meets Evil a couple of groups they got together um, and yeah they also just do features on each, other, out, each other's tracks as well they had a track out earlier in the year called Caterpillar you can check that film clip out on YouTube which is an awesome song so I'm just happy to hear him um, putting these lyrics together, man, where he goes for like a minute, minute and a half, just full full pace, anger, just spitting venom, um, killing, he's just, just ripping into anybody who wants to go battle rap styles against him, man, which is what he does best. Um, standout tracks for me are The Ringer, which is track number one. It's just talking, yeah, same shit I've been saying, talking about that kind of shit, but it's got some great verses on there to a cool uh, sort of stripped back beat. Lucky You is the song, I was, the track I was just talking about with Joyner Lucas, um, where he kills the, 
just incredible, incredible verse at the at the end there. Stepping Stone, which was a oh man, for anyone who's a, a, a sort of Eminem and D12 fanboy who's been following that journey the whole way through, like I have. Um, self-proclaimed Stan over here. Uh, anyone who's been following that journey through, man, when when um, Eminem brought it, brought up the group D12, right, which were a bunch of his mates who they used to rap together and shit before they were, before he blew up, before he was uh, before he was a big name. And when he made it, he went back and, and scooped up his five best friends who they all had their their um, alter egos. So the six of them became twelve of them that became the Dirty Dozen. So that's D12, led by Eminem and his best friend uh, Proof. And when Proof got shot and died, Eminem was already going through a real bad patch. So the whole band fell together, fell apart, man, and, and we kind of never really heard much or anything from D12 um, after that point. And he goes through in this song talking about what he thinks he did wrong, how the band, how the group fell apart when Proof died, how he wishes they'd all made it on their own, and just sort of apologises to his part in the whole thing. And it's really heartfelt, this deep, deep, um, song man and addressing a lot of these issues that guys like me have been going what the fuck happened to D12 man why are we not hearing anything from those fellas anymore and this song really just breaks it down and explains it to you about uh, what's going on there and why why that all sort of uh, fell apart so I love that track um, Not Alike is the track with uh, um, Royster 5-9 on it so that's those dudes just have a really cool style Royster 5-9 and M's when they always they rap together they bring the best out in each other so that's another another battle track about them just going hard at the new style rappers. Uh, M's verse in the end of that is f- fucking off the chain as well. Uh, Fall was another good one. Um, yeah, just cool, cool catchy hook. Um, just killer um, for high paced verses again all the way through that one. And and the last track Venom, which I thought I'd mention speci- specifically because it is off the. Um, New the soundtrack for the movie movie Venom, so I'm looking forward to that movie. <laughs> and then the track just gets me even more pumped as well. And it's cool to see that they've uh, con- contracted the services of Eminem for a big blockbuster movie like that. So a couple of my favourite things: Marvel superhero movie. Venom was always one of my favourite characters. Paired up with my favourite um, rapper Eminem on his new album. So that's just uh, gold, gold, gold there for me. So yeah, man, that was. Really nice little surprise for me on Friday night to get that track. I've listened to the album about five or six times now, just over and over, and then skipped through, found the songs I like as well. So I haven't finished breaking it down in my head. That song will be on repeat in in between other albums and other listens uh, for the next three or so weeks for me um, until I just kill it completely. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's good to hear him. I feel like he's I feel like he's um, he's onto something here. He's got the the, the anger and the passion is feels real, and I think that that's what perhaps people have been um, alluding to that he's been missing off his late of his last few albums. So I, I think that it's there. I feel that it's good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good album. The the lyricism on it is absolutely crazy. And if people want to just stop comparing him to his old self, except that this dude is a forty five year old MC we're talking about now. He's a different person. He's a different man. He's going to rap about different things. He's actually a better rapper than he was back then. So just, yeah, go along for the ride, man. Check it out. Have a listen. Just let him do uh, lyrical acrobats inside your eardrums, man, and, and just um, appreciate it for what it is. And I can I can go on for hours and hours about the backstory and the side stories around Eminem and D12, 50 Cent, um, yeah, Obi Trice, all those guys, man. I'm right into that world. I love it all. I love the big stage that the, that whole theater plays out on. So... 
yeah, loving it. Stoked about that track. Got me buzzing. Hope you guys get into it too. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens, people who have been giving me feedback, man. But let's just get more 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 vocal on social media please people share my shit like my stuff um it, it just yeah help help get it out there and go onto the facebook page and start up some conversations tell me what you liked what you didn't like tell me what you want to hear me talk about what what you know let's 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 get this more interactive like i want it to be a two-way street man so yeah just just be proactive with your feedback. Share my stuff, man. Let's let's get it out. I'm I'm doing the hard work here, trying to get this thing going. And I just um I, I want this I don't want this to, to keep going. I'm I'm loving what I'm doing. I want want as many people as possible to hear this so I can get as much feedback as I can and see how good you know we can we can make this thing. I'm really loving building it up and, and getting better and and um and I'm just enjoying it, man. Get get vocal. Keep me posted. Let me know what you what, what's going on. Appreciate your time, as always. And um, that's it. Average Man Podcast, episode twelve. Lucky you. Over and out.